Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs through the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the Tri-State area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host, Remy Leibovic, speaks with Joe Billy. Based in Clifton, New Jersey, Joe Billy is an active drummer and introspective acoustic punk songwriter. As an artist, Joe Billy has been active as a live streamer, drum instructor, session worker, and as a songwriter. His newest track, I Am the Motherfucking Spider-Man, can be found in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Gigglist Podcast. I am your host, Remy Leuvik, and today I am joined by our guest, Joe Billy. Hello. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for reaching out to us via Instagram and DMing so that we could get you all set up for an interview. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. <laughs> so, Joe, what is, so what's your background for our listeners? Because we were talking a little bit before the recording. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell our listeners where you're from, what you do, what you play. Uh, well, uh, my name is Joe Billy. Uh, that is my real name. <laughs> I'm from Clifton, New Jersey, and uh, I've been a drummer for at least 10 years now but um as of about five years ago i've been doing uh solo prod uh solo music um under the name joe billy and uh uh i play acoustic punk um drumming wise i'm pretty versatile in a bunch of different genres but uh um as of lately for my solo stuff um as of now, I have about three albums and a few singles out. I just released a, a, a comedy song yesterday, at, well, December 11th, um, about being Spider-Man. It's called I'm the Motherfucking Spider-Man. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm currently working on a, another full-length album that has nothing to do with the Spider-Man song. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's mainly uh, where I'm at as of now in terms of music. What have you done during this time of great pause? Because as you said, it's currently December. We've been in this like pandemic for like the last 10 months. What can you walk us through your story as a musician? Like mm-hmm. what has happened? Have you lost any gigs? How have right. you adapted? Go ahead. Um, so yeah, um, right when uh, right when it hit its peak. Well, maybe not its peak, but um, things started shutting down. We kind of went into lockdown around March. Um, I had a good two weeks worth of uh, touring to do, which had to get canceled, obviously. And um, even drumming-wise, I had a, a decent amount of gigs uh, coming up, like, throughout the, the spring and summer. And so, obviously, that uh, that, that took a pretty good hit um, financially or just, you know, playing wise and, um, working on my solo album was, um, uh, like I was taking my time with that process to begin with. (laughs) And then I wasn't able to go into the studio or track anything at all. (laughs) Uh, And then I was like, okay, I I don't, I didn't want to take it this slowly, (laughs) but, um, um, but luckily, we've been uh, able to start working on that 
again. But um, other than shows and stuff, I the the first week or two um, of lockdown, I was actually really like motivated and ambitious to like work on stuff because like there there was always uh like a long list of things uh of projects that like weren't necessarily priority so um i would always make the excuse that i'm like too busy or like or whatever um to not do them and so i was like well i i have to do them now (laughs) so i'd mic'd up my drum set or like mic'd up uh, a couple spots in in my room or whatever for uh, recording some more demos or doing some drum covers or something and um just working on a bunch of random projects like that uh, to to the point where i like burnt myself out where i was like okay i kind of hit a wall i have to take a break because uh, <laughs> for some reason i'm always like that like i have all this time i have to use it productively or else what am i doing um and then it kind of balanced it out uh but um work-wise uh I, i'm actually a, a drum instructor and a uh, well, like a music director and teacher um, over at a school of rock here in New Jersey. And um, uh, we had to go all virtual, which was totally different for us because uh, we'd never done anything like that before. <laughs> and um, and so once we got used to that, that it became relatively okay. And um, after a while, I forget when we opened back up, but at this point we're doing um, in-person and virtual. It's kind of like a hybrid um what's called hybrid type of programs. So things have been going pretty well in that regard. Right. I I feel like there's this definitely this need, especially me too. um, With when quarantine hit, everybody was like, especially creative people. I just feel like we all were just like, okay, we got all this free time now. Let's get to work. And then everyone like burned out. (laughs) Everyone, everyone was either going into quarantine being like, I'm overwhelmed and I have too many gigs going on or too much stuff going on. I need a break. And then quarantine happened and they were like, Oh God, too much of a break, too much of a break, too much of a break. And then the other people, and then the other people were just like, I need to produce like as much as I possibly can. But the problem with that is that you don't learn to set like boundaries for yourself. And that's how burnout happens is like, you don't keep yourself on a deadline. Cause you yeah. don't view yourself as like your employee or like your right, I'm just doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. You just like, and then it's like, huh? I wonder like yesterday I was designing all day yesterday and I was like, huh? I wonder. And I woke up this morning. I was like, huh? I wonder why I'm completely shot. <laughs> it's yeah. I just like visioned it through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. Um, I'm definitely that way a lot of the time. And now, now at this point, now that I'm working pretty regularly, um, but I still want to do all of these things that I'm able to do. I'm still getting myself slightly burnt out, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, um, but you know, over over time, I get more used to incorporating healthy habits and stuff, and like acknowledging when I need to slow down or take a break or or how to go about things in a smarter way than a harder way and stuff. So um, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. That, you know, that's something I think that everybody as a collective learned in this time 
And so that leads me to my next question, like as a creative person um, during this time, how do you feel like post quarantine, but we're on that little verge where we don't necessarily know where we're going as state or at least New Jersey, things are different here, but. Yeah. Um, well, F, it's still to some extent, but at first it was very um, like, in it's kind of weird like in in some regard it was like the possibilities are endless because i have you know i have like a bunch of audio gear and like i have the instruments that i would need and um i have some sort of engineering background so um that like the the spider-man song for instance i've been working on for months i produced it myself you know and so um (laughs) but so, so in some weird regards, like all these possibilities around this. And then in another regard, it's like very limiting because, because you can't go, go play shows or you can't like just busk on the street or whatever. Um, and so like I was playing a show at least once a month and um, I was so excited to go on tour and stuff and like start just playing gigs in general whether it's my solo stuff or as a drummer for hire and uh once it's just like all suddenly taken away it's like you you have to appreciate what you actually what you have at hand right so um so so it is kind of weird in in two ways like that um but uh i lost my train of thought it's all good. I was actually going to ask, who were you going on tour with? Who were you supposed oh, that was, to go on tour? That was for uh, my solo project. Okay. So it was a Joe Billy tour, yeah. Okay. And where were you going to tour? Um, I was going to hit a few spots that I had before and then some new spots. So I was going through New York State, uh, Rhode Island. Um, I think I was going to Massachusetts, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Oh, I wow. Think, uh, yeah, so like I was doing a bit wider of a stretch of uh, New England because I've done, um, I did like a two week, my first tour ever actually was like a two week stretch through Pennsylvania and Ohio and then back to New Jersey. Okay. Um, and then I did like two separate weeks kind of around northern New England and then a little bit southern New England, like back to Pennsylvania and Ohio because I have a bunch of friends in those states. Nice. Um, so it was kind of like that every tour I try to branch out slightly and then maybe hit one or two spots that I did last time. <clears throat> no, I was going to say my first choir trip because I did women's choir. Um, my first choir trip, we drove to Ohio and it was like the fact that Pennsylvania is eight hours within oh, itself, yeah. a journey. I was just like, like the last stretch was like, Oh, we're in Ohio now. I was like, don't tell me that was all of PA. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Like when I was um what's like routing out that tour, it was like, oh my god, like I need to have at least three shows in Pennsylvania to make this <laughs> like to make this worth the drive. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, so fucking long. So so have you been doing any online gigs or social distancing? Oh, yeah. Twitch. Um, I know everybody's I, on Twitch. I I'm about to start doing Twitch. I'm really late to the game. I'm usually very late to the game on a lot of things, okay. but um, I've been getting familiar with Twitch and um, it, it seems like a really cool community. A bunch of my friends are on it and stuff. And so uh, I definitely want to try my hand at it soon. Um, 
but I have been doing a, a few live streams. I tried really hard to uh, do some like outdoor dining gigs or um, like, like anywhere like that, reaching out to a lot of people, but n nothing really um, came to fruition. But um, I, uh, right at the beginning of lockdown, actually, I was supposed to have my annual birthday show over here in Clifton because I usually throw a, a, a show for my birthday because I don't really give a fuck about my birthday. So we might as well have fun with it, you know? <laughs> so, um, and so it was, I think it was like the week before or like the day before. I, for, I kind of forget now, it was months ago that um, everything had to close. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll do a live stream. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of just went with it. And so I did a live stream on YouTube for that. And I've done a, a few Instagram ones and Facebook ones uh, on a bunch of different pages. And I did a charity stream for direct relief. Um, I think it was back in April. So that was a lot nice. of fun. Um, and I'm going to try to get hop on Twitch maybe sometime next week to to try that out. Because I think yeah. I worked out the kinks. <laughs> to, I definitely. To, to yeah, Twitch can be one of those things. Like I know, like Paul Polio, one of our previous sure, yeah. episodes, he's on Twitch, and um, Brandon, also one of our previous episodes. Yeah, they're, they're both good. They're friends both of mine. really on Twitch, and Twitch has been so great. And that's the thing is like, um, there is more ways to foster this community, and there's more ways to contribute to it than like mm. people have previously thought of. It's just that now that everybody's kind of like locked in place, but wanting to connect, the utilization of these platforms is like paramount. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So any any kind of virtual platform that has the most interaction is definitely going to be um, the best way to go about it because like. So we're all so fucking sick of virtual things <laughs> oh know? yeah the minute <laughs> the minute that i could like go see live music in a safe and good oh, yeah. kind of environment like i'm game but everything again with what you said to you tried playing like outdoor dining shows and stuff like that it's very difficult per state because if you are part of the 25 or the 50% capacity. So yeah. like you're a customer for as you are occupying the space of a paying customer yeah, according yeah. to those guidelines. And that it's really difficult. I know people that own their own restaurants and they're going through a lot right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Everybody is. It's uh, not easy. Right. So my next question is what's your daily job now or your routine or hmm. any advice that you have for drummers out there <laughs> uh well like i said i'm a, a teacher at a school of rock and um so that's been ongoing whether it was just virtual for uh some time or now we're doing um in-person and virtual hybrid schedules um on top of that i've actually been getting some uh, drum work in um i've been reaching out to a lot of friends and promoting myself a bit in terms of uh being a drummer for hire you know and uh, a decent amount of people have reached out to me to just track some drums for them because um like i said i mic'd up my drum set a while ago and uh got, got a pretty good sound out of it and um so i'm uh still doing stuff like that and uh, i'm just recording some drum tracks for people that need it 
Um, so that's been a lot of fun too, just being able to be creative in a collaborative effort that way as well on top of, uh, you know, writing whatever I feel, uh, I can or work on the album and stuff, but work-wise it's mainly been, you know, uh, freelance drumming and teaching. Yeah. And as a teacher, cause we've also had music teachers on this show, um, what do your students think? Like, have you lost connection with your students? Like, can you explain what it's like to be a music teacher during this time, like in December now? Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. As we all know, music is very, uh, fuck, how, do I, how do I put this? Music is a very um, physical, physically interactive type of medium, right? And so, especially when you're trying to teach someone how to play music or a specific instrument, doing that over a virtual platform is incredibly hard. Like it's very limiting. There's only certain things that you can do. Um, a big thing about the school rock program too, is that we're, we're very like performance based, um, group based, uh, play the music, like feel the music based. And then we also incorporate all the technical side and the reading and the sheet music and, um, and all like every aspect that you would need to be a better musician. And once you take away the, the performance programs that we have that, and our group classes, um, it's just not the same. Cause we tried to do those virtually and then like, like flies, kids would just drop off, you know, cause like they're not getting much out of it at all. Um, it, it just sucks. Cause the engagement that you need to have, yeah. like the phys, it's a very physical, um, it's a very physical space, for sure. especially for and, drums. I mean, uh, I was lucky enough to have at least a few microphones. I mean, you don't really only need one microphone and an interface. Like kids don't have that, like most of them anyway. And so, you know, they might be able to hear me pretty clearly, but then their audio comes through and it's all like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, yeah. like it's in a weird fucked up way. I trained my ear to hear really distorted drums and understand what the let's so go i guess that's a positive i don't know um but uh it it depends on the kid too or the student rather because um a decent amount of them take to the virtual learning relatively well um and it's like because i i always like to approach teaching from a student to student basis so like it, there's not like one set way to teach everybody you know like everyone learns in their own way and in the, per their own interests and their own capacity and stuff and so um, some of my students like really like doing book stuff more than playing music and some really like playing music and taking lessons from songs as opposed to um, all of the all of the book stuff um, we incorporate all of it but um, you know, some lean towards another. So, uh, the ones that really like learning songs more, um, where we can't play songs together, you know, there, there's always a delay on the other side. Um, if I were to play a song through the zoom or whatever. Um, so, so once we start opening up again, 
and having safety protocols and stuff to have in-person lessons, everyone was so thrilled about it. <laughs> and so, and we've, uh, haven't had any problems in, in, in that regard. So we're very, uh, very grateful that we can do that at this point. Yeah, no, it's definitely like a whole, um, process, especially when you're teaching. Cause I used to teach kids like um, a couple years ago, I used to teach Taekwondo and I can only imagine like trying to teach a physical um, activity yeah. to children through the screen. So again, props to you. And that answer is like basically my next question was like, is there a lack of material materials in your work and how have you adapted to that? And you have said like you're learning how to hear things <laughs> through like Zoom and, and like and like attuning yourself to that kind of like digital space. And I think that that's like, there needs to, the next big thing should be like a Zoom for musicians where everything is on time. There's no delays yeah. and everyone can be on the same like yeah, thing. I still haven't gotten a chance to look into it enough, but a friend of mine uh, told me about something called Jam Kazam or something. And apparently there's like very low latency and stuff. Like you can have a few channels in there where you work on a session together remotely or something um so that, that sounds interesting like interfaces like that have to exist soon you know um oh, yeah. but i can only imagine how hard that is over uh over, over wi-fi or something you know um but in addition to training my ear to hear <laughs> distorted music um i've also it, a, a big positive of this is I've learned how to use my words in a better way or more productively. And the, the reason for that is because I would all, I'm a, I'm a very like physically like physical, like showy type of teacher most of the time, especially as a drummer. And so like, if I had to show how to adjust something on a drum set or like, cause there's a million pieces to a drum set, you know? And so, um, like I would just like show them, but I can't really do that. Like I can point my camera at the part that I'm on, but like I can't actually touch their drum or their hi-hat or whatever and like show them how to do it. And so I've had to learn how to explain it in a much more detailed way that they can follow and understand what they need to do, um, which it was kind of frustrating at first, but I, I am grateful for that because, uh, you know, learning how to say things in a better way is never a bad thing, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're trying to, well, you know what? I think that that's better because it teaches the student about what the parts are on the yeah. instrument, what is like, you know, what makes it the sound, what the rig is, how does one thing change something mm -hmm. else? Yeah. I never realized how, um, how hard it was for me to describe like a lug on a drum <laughs> like and they're like i don't know what what are you talking about i'm like the the circular thing on the rim of the drum <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how do you describe a lug you know um, there are people who are like so science writers and people who like write things for instruction manuals, like that's a whole job. That's a whole career field. Oh, sure. I think that you got, I think that you should definitely check out like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You should definitely like hit somebody up and just be like, I know how to 
repair drums and I know how to make it in oh, a shot. very appealing way that's easy to follow along. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there yet, but with some with some practice I could I could take a crack at that. Even voice <laughs> acting, man. Like these all you need is like a step by step, you know. I've been, I've been trying to look into that actually. Apparently it's a lot more of a um what's it called it's a lot more competitive and professional than people think like oh yeah i got a good microphone and i have a voice and stuff but um i looked into it a little bit and it's like not not easy at all <laughs> yeah a lot of um i don't even know how you get gigs in that i i saw some like voice acting gigs for like animation students and like small animation studios that need people to like record and if you're listening to this and you are like someone who is a musician and you are someone who is a voice actor just fyi towards the end of the semesters i've been seeing a, and especially now i've been seeing a lot of animators asking for musicians and composers and producers and i've also seen a lot of them looking for voice actors too so Instagram is a place to find those kind of gigs, especially if you follow like the animation student gig, like tags or all that, because they are willing to pay people. It's not going to be like five grand, but they are willing to pay people for their time because animating takes a lot of time in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Um, ironically enough, the my, one of my more recent projects was for someone who is like finishing up their college project or something like in the recording arts uh, field. And um, she was just like, yeah, I need drum tracks for this song. It looked like real simple. It's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> you know? Um, so I like never, I keep forgetting that. Like there's still, uh, there's still a market like that to, to reach out to. So I definitely got to keep that in mind. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a bunch of ways that the creative community as a whole can support each other. And like, um, like right now I'm being commissioned for some work for, a, for someone's like master's capstone. Mm. So I'm like making some posters for her presentation about immigration resilience and climate mm -hmm. change. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, that's the thing is, um, that's, you know, that's a way that you've been able to adapt and you've been able to like blend yourself in and you said earlier that you try to make friends everywhere that you go mm. so that you could get more connections in the places that you play how yeah. has your networking changed like how do you meet people now um well a lot of it is uh you know i i've always used facebook a decent amount to stay connected and instagram uh as well um with any of the friends that i i need to stay connected with um trying to reach out trying trying to gain more contacts and stuff is incredibly hard when there's there's no movement or not as much movement in uh, as in like the music scene or whatever um so like touring and like going to shows is such an easy way to just meet people you know like most of the best connections or shows or opportunities that I've gotten was purely just because I met people. Um, so, so it's not as easy, you know, um, I've been trying to stay active on a bunch of my friends, like live streams and stuff, uh, because not only is that fun, but you 
you feel like you're hanging out with your friends, you know? Um, and so I think that's mainly how I've been doing it, but, um, you know, in terms of getting contacts that can help me out musically or get, you know, get more promotion or reviews for songs that I release or, or what have you, um, getting in the Facebook groups and, um, and reaching out to people to see if they're interested in this stuff is, is probably just, taking the time to do that is the the most helpful at least what i've been doing rather (laughs) yeah i feel like that's a great way to do things because i've been to like zoom networking meetings and again like it's just awkward because of the interface but it's like a bunch of squares with all these people and it's and if someone says something really interesting you can't be like hey so and so can you explain more because then you're talking over all the other people that are there yeah and it's just like it's not like you can like go over and physically to the other side of the room and pull them over and just be like hey what's up you know how's your you know like you said something really interesting let's talk about that let's (laughs) let's see what we could do yeah yeah it's um uh, i i know zoom has like like a way to use breakout rooms and stuff but i can't imagine like participants like building their own breakout rooms or something for yeah i haven't been able to do that (laughs) i most of my zoom interactions are through gigless so Mm -hmm. they are just like one-off meetings yeah um even outside of gigless like for work and stuff they're all like over call cam call or like instagram video or video chat or zoom or skype like it's not really Nothing has really changed to that, but you know, how how are your instruments doing? Like, have you been able to get everything tuned and fixed up? Or, uh, yeah, I actually had to um, uh, get my bass uh, set up because it was all kinds of fucked up. But um, I I have, you know, you know, working with musicians all the time, you, you have a plethora of friends and connections so um a good friend of mine mark dollar um who lives in montclair uh sets up my instruments all the time like he did my acoustic uh, a few months ago and um i asked him to set up my bass and he he does fantastic work so um if you're if you're in the north jersey area definitely hit up mark dollar for any of your uh guitar setup needs but uh drum wise too like uh going out and getting a new head or new symbols isn't that hard. Um, but thankfully I'm able to keep my, uh, my instruments and my drums, uh, what's called uh, up to par, um, myself. So at least there's that. (laughs) Yeah. The reason why I asked that is because we've had some other, I've been interviewing some other people and I don't know if their episodes will air before or after this, but long story short, like someone has a harp, the other person has like a classical piano and it's just like getting things and then um one of our guys yeah and then one of the ron iglesias uh from one of the earlier episodes he was just like yeah my guitar is busted (laughs) he's like i need to get a new guitar like i need to fix or something in something in his electric guitar was just like not working Mm -hmm. and that was a problem for a lot of musicians at the beginning of the quarantine they're not like music shops weren't considered essential 
Yeah, like at this point, it's not that hard because, you know, you mask up and you can go do most of the things that you have to do. Um, but, um, yeah, at first it was like, you can't go anywhere, <laughs> you know? Right. And I don't know, like, have you gone out of state to play, like, at all? Or have you had any, like, gigs down more in, like, the southern New Jersey I've been seeing a lot of people being able to get like playing gigs like in Southern. Oh, like currently, like during uh, COVID. Yeah. Like during, I mean, they were like, you know, like you said, like outdoor dining gigs Mm -hmm. for the most part, like socially distanced, but. Yeah. Anyone's um, I forget what they were called. It was somewhere in Southern Jersey um, that was doing like a lot of like drive-in shows, which was really cool. Um, But any any restaurants that had enough space outside or any venues that ha- were able to do like drive-by or drive-through shows um were just at capacity like over capacity of the amount of musicians wanting to play you yeah. know so by the time i got to them they're like yeah sorry we cannot <laughs> accept like anybody else like if we were to keep accepting we would be booked like through next year <laughs> you know yeah because the, the problem is is that i saw that and it's like oh it's only 125 dollars per car right mm-hmm. for some like i saw some bands that were playing and that's fine um but my little <laughs> my little went out (laughs) i'm good because i'm on battery um what happened is uh and we're back but basically what happened is is that like it's 125 dollars per car Mm. right and you have all the but you have like people like stuffed in cars to get there and i believe it was the chain smokers or some like like a electronic musical band that they had a show out like in the Hamptons or one of the like open space places in New York. And basically like now they're getting fined like millions of dollars because they broke so many protocols because just so many people showed up to the show in droves. And like, who did you like, I don't know, like who did you plan to play with or who did you plan to see? You can shout them out. Uh, it wasn't anyone in particular um it was just i i feel bad because i forget what um company was doing it it was like some small entertainment company in jersey um that was just throwing shows so i was like hey if there's an opening which i doubt there is (laughs) then i'd I'd be down to play type of thing um the i know a lot of people are bummed about the the big shows that they missed but i uh the only ticket that I had was to go see Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio, I think in like April. Uh, where were you going to see them? Fuck, where was it? <laughs> Man, I'm forgetting everything at this point. Um, the ticket's over there. I can't reach it. Um, I think it was somewhere in Asbury, I think, in like a, a gymnasium or like an auditorium. Anybody oh, wow. listening okay. that is aware of that will definitely know what I'm talking about, but I forget the name of the venue. <laughs> but you know, was it the Saint? I know the Saint no, closed down, and it, everybody it wasn't, like lost it wasn't their like minds. Actual venue? It was like a venue that's actually an auditorium or something. Um, but luckily, it was you know tickets like that are like thirty five bucks, <laughs> you know, so it's not like I got hit too hard and um, 
that money, I would gladly support those bands. But, um, you know, I, I miss playing with a bunch of my friends and stuff, you know, having fun at shows. Like, who do you typically pay with? Um, my friends in Keep Flying are always a fucking blast to play with. Um, they're they're kind of based out of multiple states, but um, they are just fucking insane. Like, I love that band so much. Um, very good dudes. Um, uh, I mean, my friends in the, the Swam and Elementality and... Um, oh, so you know Paul no, and Brandon. No, I know Paul, Let's I know go. Brandon, and uh, John Rosario is a, a really good friend of mine. And um, I mean, shit. Now, now I'm like, there's so many bands that I'm friends with that I miss playing with. You know, um, so like, <laughs> literally everybody. We're in our last like five minutes of the interview. I know it goes by so fast because we could talk about like everything and just everything that's happened, everything that's going to happen. But, you know, what are your plans for 2021? Um, Well, uh, as of right now, I'm going to continue working on the the next album. I'm really excited about it because most of like my other three albums that I have out currently are just are mainly just me and an acoustic guitar singing. And um, so it's just solo stuff. But um, the two singles I have out right now, uh, We All Die Eventually and the Spider-Man song that I just released um, are full band songs that I actually played on, um, played most of the instruments on myself. Um, one of them, my friend Aaron <clears throat> Aaron Lockett uh, played horns on and for the Spider-Man song, uh, my brother Matt Billy played uh, lead guitar. And um, so I'm really excited about this album because it's like 90% of it's going to be full band stuff and instrumentation. Like I, I played the drums on it and um, I'm getting uh, my friend, Billy Smolin, who plays with me a lot uh, to play upright bass and electric bass. And I'm going to get um, some violin fiddle on it and some horns and um, let's go. So it, it's, it's going to be fucking wild. I'm really excited about it. Um, so that's like the main focus project right now whenever it gets done it gets done um but aside from that um just continuing working with bands in whatever capacity and if uh if we're able to get some shows whether it's with the bands that i uh play with or my own stuff then i'll do that but um also trying to get get more into twitch (laughs) i'm gonna try that out a bit you know well, when you get that all set up, let us know so we can launch it and we can yeah. put it like you can put the links in the show notes because oh, you will have your own page. Like we have like a I... whole professional site. Like we have our show notes. We have everybody's links. Oh, that's great. Wow. It doesn't matter if you've been in 15 different band projects, we will put them up. <laughs> um, yeah, currently I, I do have a Twitch channel. I just haven't done anything with it. Um, I'm pretty sure my handle on twitch is the same as everything else at joe billy music um so i'm on instagram and twitter and i i'm finally made a tiktok <laughs> to fuck around with that um, four cents for 500 views on tiktok <laughs> um, shekels <laughs> um, I, I guess it's some way to get extra promotion or something right um well, thank but, uh, you so much. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on, Norman.
Of course. Thank you so much for being on. And again, guys, thank you for listening to Gigless. Joe Billy, where can they find you? Uh, well, like I just said, my handle is at Joe Billy Music on most social medias, if not all of them. But um, I also have a website, joebillymusic.com, where you can find literally everything that has to do with this project, um, in- including my social links and everywhere you can find my music and my merch and stuff, which I'm currently having a, a half off sale until 2021. Uh, everything uh, in my merch store is currently half off so in case you uh, want to go check that out. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And yeah, Dane, take us out. Thank you for listening to the Gigless Podcast, hosted by Remy Leibovic and produced by Dane Wagner. The song used in our intro and outro is Beachwalk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at Gigless Podcast and our website, giglesspodcastblog.wordpress.com. There, you can find out more about the artist, contact the host and producer, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.